This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for March 20th, 2020. An in-depth discussion about working at home at a time when many who can are now required to do so. Plus, some tools and techniques from people who have worked at home, Josh and Kirk. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Josh, welcome back. You've been in Hawaii for a while, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was in Hawaii last week. Yes, we had pre-recorded that episode um, that went up last week. That was our time travel trick. Yeah, yeah, it's it, the the magic of uh of podcasting and time travel. It's it's amazing. So so yeah, we we actually recorded uh that discussion about the early days of Apple malware. Um, a couple weeks ago. And then last week I was at Objective by the Sea, uh, a Mac security conference in Hawaii. And the timing of it was interesting because, um, you know, recently in the past few weeks, there have been a lot of conferences that have had to cancel or postpone indefinitely. And uh, with this particular conference, the timing was such that they could, and the conference was small enough. And with Maui being a location that has no, you know, at least at the time, it had no um, reported cases of any infections. They felt like it was okay to to continue the conference. And uh, and it, so far, I haven't heard about anybody getting sick from it, but um, we're really in a different world now than we were a week or two weeks ago. 10 days ago. Yeah, it was 10 days ago when we recorded. I think it was the Monday. We usually record Thursday and today we're recording. It's the 19th and we're recording on Thursday. Things have changed drastically around the world in, in pretty much every country. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. We know that a lot of people suddenly have to work at home And as people who have worked at home for a long time, for me, this is my 25th year as a freelancer working at home, we thought that we would discuss what it's like to work at home comfortably. Yeah. And, and, you know, we want this episode to be something that that you can refer to. And we hope that we'll, I guess, be informative and educational as we always are, although this is going to be a little bit different from our usual topic. And we feel like we don't, we can't not talk about this topic because it's it's something that impacts probably literally everybody who's listening to uh to this podcast right now. This is uh it, it's it's a worldwide thing and we're all in this together and uh I I think we'll we'll have some interesting conversations and hopefully talk about some things that you haven't heard before. Okay, and we're not going to talk about Intego software this week. Maybe next week we'll talk about how you can use um Intego software to protect your Mac when you're working at home to back up your your work and all that, but we're not going to cover that now. We, we don't want this to sound like we're giving a hard sell for Intego software. Actually, we just want this to be, you know, here's recommendations from people who've been doing this for a while and what it's like to work at home. So let me start. I've been doing this for 25 years and uh, we're using Skype when we record this podcast and we can see behind uh, the people we're talking to. So everyone can see that I've got a fairly spacious office 
once I started working at home, the first thing I wanted to do was have a separate office. Now, not everyone can do that. I'm fortunate that I have the space and I have a house that's big enough to have an office that's relatively roomy, that I can pace from one corner to the diagonally opposite corner. It takes 12 steps. So sometimes during the day when I'm thinking, I'll pace back and forth. And by the way, it's a good tip. If you're trying to think of something, walking is a really good way to do it. Even if you have a hall that's 10 or 12 steps long, uh, if you can go outside, but that little movement is good. Josh, on the other hand, your room looks a little bit smaller than mine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have a, a very large office, but it's sufficient for my needs. And, you know, I'm happy to take breaks uh, as often as I need to and just walk around. And I do, uh, like you, I work from home. And uh, and so I, I have a home office and I do find that I need to to take breaks just on occasion. My family situation is such that, that I have a, a very young child. And so uh, my wife takes care of him. He has special needs also. Uh, so my wife takes care of him during the day. So, uh, you know, at any time I can get up and walk, you know, several steps and be able to talk to another human, which is great. Not everybody has that opportunity uh, in a work from home environment. So, yeah, it's true. We were talking before the show. Uh, actually, we were talking about an hour before the show, trying to figure out what we're going to say and how we're going to present this. And one of the things that is really helpful is to have someone to talk to. Uh, I live with my partner and I have two cats. I talk to my cats all the time. Uh, we don't have very interesting conversations. But a lot of people may be working at home alone. I know my son is uh, in Paris working from his apartment. He lives alone. And you do need to get in touch with other people. For some people, these will be your coworkers who you're going to interact with on Skype or Zoom or FaceTime or Google Hangouts during the day. I would think a lot of people who are with businesses, especially businesses dealing with technology, are going to be using that kind of FaceTime a lot. But if you're not doing that for your job, Find a couple of friends that you can have a virtual, you know, water cooler chat. Maybe set a time, 11 o'clock, everyone gets a cup of coffee and goes on Skype and chats for a half hour. It's really helpful to clear your head, to get out of the mode of thinking so fixedly at what you're doing. For a lot of people working at home, you're going to be in a much more quiet environment than at the office. You won't have people talking and phones ringing. And you'll find, interestingly, that you can focus a lot more on your work without those distractions. But sometimes the time goes by really quickly. So it's really important to to map out your time in a way that you don't stay too focused on something for too long. Right. And also, I mean, when you're in, especially when you're in kind of this self-quarantine mode, right, when we're not supposed to be uh, having face-to-face conversations with somebody, you know, who's right next to us in front of us, it's, it's still very important for our own like sanity to, to have human interactions as much as to the degree possible face-to-face. So that could be a FaceTime call or Skype call. Um, but it's really, it's good to continue to practice talking, conversing with other human beings uh, you know, even if we have to be isolated, there's still ways to do this where, um, you know, where you can get a lot of that normal human interaction to some degree. If you live in an apartment, maybe if you have a balcony, you can talk to your neighbors who are on the balcony next to you. Uh, if you're in a house, maybe you can talk over a fence or a hedge to a neighbor because a lot of people are in this and we're all in this together. 
everyone's going to need this sort of interaction. It might end up being a little too much. Uh, it, this is a big change for a lot of people. So maybe you'll need to get into it slowly, but you might make some new friends. Just don't get too close to them. <laughs> no, yeah, not not too physically close to them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were talking about space, and I was telling Josh before the, the show that one of the things that I find really important is my physical environment. And I don't mean the space. I mean having good lighting. Ergonomics is is almost a given, and ergonomics is pretty complicated if you're not used to working at home and don't have a dedicated space. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to an ebook that a friend of mine wrote um, in a week. Uh, I write some books for Take Control Books. These are ebooks that we sell, and they're about Mac and Apple stuff. And Glenn Fleischman wrote a book called Take Control of Working from Home Temporarily. A bunch of us contributed to an outline. He wrote it in a week, and it's available for free. It's a 55-page book, and it's got lots of tips about things like ergonomics, environment, etc. So what I like is having good lights. I've got a window to the left of me. Now, I'm sitting. You should never have a window be behind your computer or behind your back. If it's behind your computer, you get the contrast of the computer against the light, and that's not good for your eyes. If it's behind your back, you can get the reflections of the light on the computer. Um, so mine's a bit of an, an angle to the left, and it means I can look out. And, oh, there's the lawn in front of my house, and there's the road, and there's the field. And it's important to have that visual distance to be able to look out on something. Right. Interestingly, um, while we sometimes joke that I'm in an, a secret underground bunker or something like that, <laughs> um, the reality is that I, I do have a window off to the side that I can can look out and uh, and see the sky and clouds and, well, mostly rooftops and treetops other than that. But uh, but it, it's it's good to to be able to look out the window every once in a while. It's uh, it's it's a nice thing. Plants are also really good. Uh, if you don't have plants at your house, it's maybe not a good time to get them. But if you do, it's nice to have a couple of plants in your office because, believe it or not, some of them do clean the air. And that's something I found really important. So I have allergies. I have one of those Dyson um, fans, which is an air purifier. And I find that it's really helpful in allergy season, which, by the way, is starting early here in the UK because of all the rain we had. So you want clean air. You want to be able to open the window as soon as it, it's possible uh, weather-wise. And one other thing I have, um, I have a Netatmo weather station. I'll put a link in the show notes. It has an outside module to tell me the temperature and the humidity, and it has an inside module in my office, which communicates with the outside one. And while I don't really need to know the temperature in my office, it gives me an alert if the CO2 level gets above 1,000 parts per million in the office which means it's time to open the door or the window. Uh, there have been some interesting studies showing that in long meetings in conference rooms that are closed, people lose a lot of their cognitive abilities because of the level of CO2. Wow, that's that's actually really interesting. I hadn't heard about that before. I, you know, something like what you were describing with the, the temperature monitor might be uh, useful to somebody like me. Um, <laughs> who, uh, unfortunately I have a MacBook pro that doesn't like any d 
degree of of uh, warmth in a room, and uh, so I'm always having to manually adjust the my fan speed uh, whenever we're recording because I like to have the window closed so it's as quiet as possible, isolated from outdoor noise. And then, of course, my office gets hot, and uh, so yeah, it actually would be pretty useful for me to to, to have a, a temperature monitor like that. So there's one problem for a lot of people right now, and that's the fact that schools are closed. And this is going to make it difficult for some people to manage things. Now, Josh, you were saying your wife is there taking care of your kids. I don't have any kids at home. But this is going to be a complication. You may have to structure your workday around when you can manage to keep the kids quiet or get them to nap if they're young enough, uh, et cetera. And this can be a real difficult thing. On the other hand, please bear in mind that if you're used to commuting to and from work, right, if you were spending a half an hour driving to work in the morning and a half an hour in the evening, you're working at home, you have a free hour. So remember that you can space your time out differently. You don't have to only take a half hour for lunch. You can take an hour or two hours. I'm going to tell you a secret. My boss lets me take breaks whenever I want, and that's really cool. Of course, I'm on my own boss. But unless you're, unless you're working for a company that's going to be obsessively watching what you do, Pace yourself and take your time. If you need to deal with the kids, deal with the kids and then come back to work. Yeah, actually, you know what? Again, this is something that's good to do anyway from from the perspective of, uh, you know, taking breaks. Uh, you, you need to take breaks. Um, it's not, uh, it's not good for, for your health to just sit there all day and not move around. So, um, so do, you know, stand up, walk around, go talk to people, um, you know, and, and do that as often as, as you feel you need to, or as often as it feels comfortable. Um, you know, if you have an Apple watch, it's going to bug you every single hour to stand up. Well, when it does that, go go for a little walk it doesn't have to be a long one you can stay in your house even uh just walk to another room and and uh it's it's a good thing to do so i started doing something about a month ago um i had seen people talk about a productivity technique that's called pomodoro you ever heard of that um i i feel like there was like an app named that at some point but there's tons of them so pomodoro means uh tomato in italian and someone came up with this idea that to increase your productivity you work for 25 minutes you take a break for five minutes another 25 another five i don't know how it actually fits with the tomato but they made a tomato shaped timer and all that and i started doing this about a month ago because i wanted to get up more often so i tried a bunch of these different apps and I actually didn't find any that I appreciated because they were all about gamifying things. Ooh, I've completed this many segments and mm -hmm. this many tasks. I'll put a link to an app that I have my Apple Watch called Multi-Timer, which allows you to set a number of different timers. And one of them, one of the features they have is a Pomodoro timer. So you tap it, it goes for 25 minutes, then it gives you an alert, then it'll go for five minutes if you want. I just turned it off after the 25 minutes. What I've found most of the time is that I have gotten up already before the 25 minutes because I'm just like that. Unless I'm really absorbed in something, I've gotten up to make tea, to go to the bathroom, to look in the fridge to decide what I'm going to have for lunch, et cetera. But I, I'm finding it a really good tool for the times where I am working too intensely. Say, fine, get up, take those 12 paces back and forth in the office a few minutes. Um, instead of freezing in the chair for too long. 
Right. Something like that is is definitely useful. And I mean, for a lot of reasons, I mean, this is the re- whole reason why Apple Watch has that feature is because it's actually good for your health to get up and move around. It's not good to, to stay stationary for too long. Um, you know, you're, it helps with circulation and, and uh, you know, helps with your breathing uh, to, just to get up and move around. So it's definitely important to do that. You know what, Josh? My timer just went off, so it's time for us to take a break. All right. Sounds good. Let's do that. Let's talk about tools. We're doing this on Macs. You're actually using an iPhone as well, aren't you, for Skype? Obviously, this is an Apple-oriented podcast, so we've got the the hardware that we need. But there are tools that you're going to need to communicate with people that you may not be used to using. One of the easiest is FaceTime because it's built into your Mac. So you can contact anyone you know if you have their Apple ID uh, working the same way as when you send them text messages. Right. Yeah, actually, this is a really useful feature. I I don't know if everyone listening necessarily knows this. and If not, well, here's a cool new tip. If you're not sure if somebody has an iPhone and whether you can iMessage or FaceTime with them, one thing that you can do is if you've got them in your contacts on your on your iPhone, you can uh, take a look and see whether when you when you're about to send them a message, if it shows up in blue, that means they have iMessage enabled for that uh, email address or phone number. And, and that means you should also be able to FaceTime with them as well, assuming that they have a device with them that they can answer it on. Um, you should be able to also FaceTime with that person. So that's, that's kind of a, a useful tip uh, in kind of discovering who your Apple using friends are. Yeah. In some cases, you may be working for a company where everyone uses Apple devices, but that's not necessarily the case. Here's a good FaceTime tip. When you're using FaceTime on an iPhone you're generally holding it in portrait view, so taller than it is wide. When you're on a Mac, however, it's in landscape view. But FaceTime opens in portrait view even on the Mac. So if you initiate a call in portrait view on the Mac and you're talking to someone else on a Mac, if you both press Command-R, it shifts from portrait to landscape, which fits better in the Mac's display and it looks less strange. Oh, that's a cool tip. I did not know that. Yep. On the phone, you can just turn the phone right. um, into portrait and it automatically shifts. But on the Mac, you can do that as well. So there's other tools. Um, Skype is what we use for the podcast only because why don't we use FaceTime, in fact? I don't know. I guess tradition, like <laughs> typically yeah. we've used Skype for years with podcasts. So it's just kind of. Yeah, everyone uses Skype for podcasts. We could use FaceTime. I know that there were some issues once when I tried to use this with one of my podcasts, but. I guess maybe we'll try next week to use FaceTime and see how it is. Because we have three people on this call. Um, our producer's also listening in. And for a while, you couldn't do group FaceTime chats. So you could only do two people one-to-one. But so there's FaceTime, there's Skype, there's Google Hangouts, there's Zoom. Now, Zoom is really popular. We're going to link in the show notes to an episode where we talked about Zoom because of a security issue that they had. Um, running a server in the background on the Mac all the time. They fixed that. They seem to be really popular. And what I'm hearing is they're more reliable than Skype. Yeah. You know, interestingly, we've been using Zoom the past couple of weeks for uh, for some Intego meetings. Uh, normally we use Slack for that, 
but uh, we've been having some issues with Slack, and so we've started using Zoom, and uh, it does work pretty well. Um, you can have a lot of people on a call, and it doesn't seem to uh, have some of the problems that some of the other services do when you have a lot of people on a call. Well, maybe we should try Zoom next week for the podcast. <laughs> Perhaps we, we could. I've only used it a couple of times when specific clients used it and invited me to calls. Right. Um, but other than that, it's just not something that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And, th and there are actually lots of services like this. We don't mean to recommend any particular ones, but these are just a, a couple of examples of such services. Okay. We're going to just talk briefly about security. One thing you might want to use is a virtual private network. I'll link to an episode we did about VPNs. Um, the reason for this is to secure your communications uh, with your colleagues, with your business. You know, your network at home as much as you may have tweaked the settings on your router, it may not be secure enough for the type of data and information that you're, you're sharing um, from your office to your colleagues, et cetera. Yeah, it's, it's worth pointing out here that there's a couple of types of VPNs, right? You may actually have a corporate VPN, which would be something that, say, your, your IT department at work has set up on your computer so that you can connect to your work's network. And uh, sometimes those are used for the purposes of, uh, for example, data sharing. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a file server that's at the office that you need to be able to get files from while you're working from home. Um, that's one use case for, for a corporate VPN. There, there's also the like personal VPN, which is uh, what we've mostly talked about when we talk about VPNs, where um, if you're out in public, maybe you, you want to make sure that when you're using public Wi-Fi that uh, you have nobody spying on your connection who's also on the same Wi-Fi hotspot, for example. But even a personal VPN, if you don't have a corporate VPN... Uh, you can use a personal VPN even at home, and there are some useful purposes for it. For example, uh, when you're sending emails using, for example, the Apple Mail app uh, or, or many other email apps, your public IP address of your home network is visible if somebody looks at the email headers. You may not necessarily want people to figure out your home IP address and maybe poke around and see if they can break into your, your home network or something like that. If you're a little concerned that somebody might try something like that, um, then just using a personal VPN will hide your home IP address when you're sending emails. Okay, so we just edited out a bit of the recording because I had to let one of my cats out because he's too dumb to figure out the new cat flap we put in. Um, this is one of the other things about working at home. If you have cats or dogs, they'll give you breaks. They'll make you um, get them food. Or dogs will make you walk them. If you don't have a cat or a dog, maybe not the best time to get one. But if you do, take advantage of that as a way to have some pauses in your day. Yeah. Where if, if you're like me, you've got kids who are at home who are constantly <laughs> making a bunch of noise in the background and uh, you might yes. need to occasionally uh, remind them that you're working. So, Okay. So one more thing to consider is how you work on your projects. Think about the way you work in an office. You're working on something, there's a meeting, um, there's a phone call, there's a conference, things that happen. And you may not be the kind of person who works well focusing on a task for hours. I'm not. I need to take lots of breaks, but I don't generally shift from one task to another. When I'm writing an article, 
Uh, I generally write the entire article before I switch to another task, unless it's something with a lot of research, um, in which case, you know, I'll do half one day and half another day. So you need to find your own rhythm for that sort of work. And again, it depends on the type of work you're doing. Uh, you may have projects where you're coding for four hours or like me where I'm writing for a few hours. Or you may have projects where your work is just normally a lot of short bits. You know, I, um, on a related note, you mentioned that depends on on your workflow and what type of work you're doing. Some people may not have a job where they can do it from home. Um, th there are some professions where you you really can only do it when you're on site. And so what do what do you do right now if if you're not allowed to be on site or if your business is uh, temporarily shut down, um, what can you do? I think that's an important thing that we should also be thinking about here. So one idea is, uh, you know, consider your other skills. Um, what skills do you have that you can apply to things that you can do from home? Maybe you could get a temporary job uh, doing something like writing, um, something like uh, uh, maybe you're really good at a particular video game and you want to, you've been thinking about launching a YouTube channel or, or a Twitch, you know, live stream or something like that. Um, maybe you could give that a shot. You know, if you, if you've got uh, enough people who might be interested in tuning in, um, you know, that's something you could consider. Or since you're going to be at home a lot, and if you're not really good at cooking yet, maybe you'd like to learn how to cook. You can po probably find a million YouTube videos and shows on Netflix about cooking and on TV. Um, this is maybe a good time to learn some of those knife skills that you've always been impressed um, when you've seen the fancy chefs on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, uh, even if you are okay financially for a little while, um, taking a break from work, it's a great opportunity to pick up a, a, a new hobby, a new skill, uh, could even be a skill that you will apply to your work as well. Try not to get depressed. I know this is, it can be a difficult time for, for a lot of people. Um, but, uh, you know, think positively. I mean, there's a lot of, good that can come out of something like this. Um, maybe you've got a whole shelf full of books that you swore you were going to read someday. And now you've got a little extra time on your hands and Hey, great opportunity to, to read some of those books. Just one shelf. You don't know me, Josh. <laughs> Even if you don't have shelves, uh, Kindle books, you may yeah. not be able to go to libraries, but you can get eBooks from Kindle from Apple as well. Um, Apple's, uh, iBook store. You know, I, I, prefer the Kindle because I can use it on multiple platforms, such as the Kindle devices. I can't read outside with an iPad in the sun. And so I've always used Kindle for my eBooks, but there are other platforms as well. Um, reading, if you play a musical instrument, if you've got a guitar that you haven't touched in a few years, dust it off, tune it up and, and start playing a little bit. If you've ever thought of learning a language, these are all sorts of things you can find tutorials for, um, particularly on YouTube. Um, learn a new language. Check out some yoga videos or some stretching videos. In fact, that's actually a good idea during the day if you need some sort of physical activity. And, and you'll find lots of things you can do in small spaces. It's, you've got to keep your body moving because you're, you're used to walking at least a little bit. At least most people are. Whether it's, you know, to go to the public transportation, the subway, the bus, whatever, uh, in and out of the office. And you're going to be doing a lot less of that. Um, so there's all sorts of things you can find. Don't just sit and watch that Netflix series all day long. I mean, 
if you do it one or two days, don't feel bad because you're going to have a transition period. But, you know, you can pretty much watch all of Netflix in a couple of months. So I don't think that should be a goal. Also, I would add that if you're going to watch uh, television or whatever it might be for an extended period of time, um, use that as an opportunity to get a little bit of exercise. Um, you know, you can walk in place. If you've got a treadmill, that makes it, you know, a, a lot nicer. <laughs> but uh, even if you don't, you can walk in place. You can walk around the room while you're watching something. You can exercise uh, on the floor, lift weights, whatever. Um, you, you can be moving around while you're watching something, too. And in a similar vein, audiobooks, um, you can do all sorts of activities while you're listening to audiobooks. Uh, either on speakers or through headphones. And, you know, that just brings up something that I should have mentioned earlier because this is one of the things that's really important to me while I work is music. I want to have music when I'm working. I want to have calm, intense music when I need to focus. I want to have loud, raucous music when I need inspiration to finish something. I'm not the guy who listens to music all day long, but music to me is really important. It allows me to break my day up into different segments. The segments when I'm listening to this album or that playlist, the segment when it's quiet. And I find that music is a great motivator and a great way to accompany me throughout the day. And don't forget podcasts. There's lots of podcasts to listen to. Um, okay, I will tout one of my podcasts in the show notes. It's called The Next Track. It's about music. You might find something interesting, but there's millions of podcasts. Lots of them are really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's podcasts uh, about all sorts of tech topics and all sorts of other things, too, if you're interested in things besides just Apple and security and things like that. So I, you know, one of those podcasts, while we're talking about uh, just, you know, random miscellaneous things, uh, I really like Grammar Girl. Grammar Girl is a great podcast. It's been around a long time. And uh, you might be surprised at the things that you don't know about Eng the English language. So it's uh, that, that's a great example of one. Okay. I, I'm going to recommend that you don't listen to too many newsy podcasts or don't spend too much time on Facebook and Twitter. Don't keep refreshing the page on the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Guardian. We're going to – this stuff is going to happen really slowly and it's going to keep happening and we're not going to miss out on any of the big news. So all, all we can say to finish is – you know, take it easy, take care of yourself, take your time. If you're working, do your work. Don't stress about it. If you're not working, find other things to keep you busy and just keep it together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most important thing that we can do right now is to try to, like I said earlier, focus on the positive, um, you know, find positive things that can come out of a um, a situation that is obviously less than ideal because there, there is a lot of good in, in the world and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of good can come from bad situations or seemingly bad situations. Hey, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes of a great video that I've seen of cats and dominoes. If you haven't seen it, you're going to have to check it out. Cat videos. Hey, what a great thing. <laughs> if you need a little yep. pick me up during the day, cat videos can really help sometimes. Okay, until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. 
Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. <music>